0: Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. All right. Today, I'm here with Tim Dott, founder at JDT Group. Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell the audience how you got into the sales outsourcing industry?
1: Sure. So I started out as a programmer and uh, either sucked at writing code or was too social. So they threw me into selling. Uh, and for those mm-hmm. that are in the The U.S., um, my first deal was a small company called W.L. Gore, uh, which Mm -hmm. was one of the 200 largest privately held companies at the time and and to this day. And what I found after a year of selling was I was able to hunt and get into new accounts. And I took that as my sales career uh, and just got known as a hunter. And I'd work with companies that were small. They were, you know, they had a minimal viable product. They had some baseline. They just want to grow rapidly. Then the owners would sell the company. I would move on. So I did that for a number of companies. And a lot of my clients just couldn't afford a full-time salesperson. So they asked me, like, can you help me on the side? So I would have these part-time you know, side hustles during my day job. And I used AI and automation to make that possible. And then during COVID or right before COVID, it just blew up. A lot of our agencies or founders that are technical just could not figure out how to sell remotely. Um, and so that's, that's really how it took off over the last couple of years.
0: Awesome, Tim. That's great to know that you were using AI even before the pandemic, because there has been an explosion recently.
1: So I'm older than you. So I graduated in 2000 with a computer science concentration in AI and a minor in philosophy uh, with a concentration in AI. So um, it was very, very different, uh, you know, 20, 24, 25 years ago.
0: Wonderful. Now you just mentioned something around technology companies and not having the right resources or strategies to execute sales. Can you tell me a little bit more about who are your best fit customers for JDT Group?
1: Sure. So typically it's a, a technical founder. Uh, they might be a managed services provider, so you know, outsource IT, or they're transitioning into be a managed security service provider, you know, doing cybersecurity. And then we have a lot of companies that do application development, uh, primarily offshore. Uh, And then we've got some companies that have built their own software. So a SaaS company, and they just need someone that can come in with their own plan and run it um, Mm because they've never hired a BDR or an SDR before, or they've hired an AE and just haven't had luck and they don't want to spend the money uh, for a full time resource.
0: All right. Perfect. Now, I want to talk for the audience. Let's discuss a little bit of a success story. If you can share maybe uh, a service that you were offered or that you were hired uh, to perform and maybe some KPI, some highlights about how that worked. Tell me what was that service that you would like to mention today?
1: Sure. So I'll go back before COVID because I think a lot has changed, especially in the last couple months. But before COVID, I was primarily managing your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. So I could have my day job, but constantly you would be getting outreach. Then um, you would be basically getting your own uh, appointments that I was setting for you. Uh, so that worked really well. So I've done that for most of my career. Uh, my first you know, social sale was on Twitter in like 2002. So that's right. what I did most of the time when I was full time. And then what I found was you know, doing the connect and pitch, um, which a lot of companies have just stopped doing this year. It just doesn't work. Um, Didn't work well enough. Uh, So then I was managing the person's profile and getting the meetings. So I would nurture your contact, get them excited as you and then book the meeting. Uh, And then from there, we added email. Uh, So, you know, we found that a lot of tech companies, their clients aren't on email. If you're selling app development to a software development person or you're selling to DevOps, unless they're looking for a job, they're probably not on LinkedIn. The powerful thing is the reference that you looked and did your homework on LinkedIn, but then send them an email. So mm-hmm. we started doing that before COVID and that worked really well. Uh, but then what we found during COVID was people had cell phones and they were working from home and you could get the decision maker on the phone. So what we started doing is using auto dialers to cold call and what I call warm call. And I would mm-hmm. reference, you know, I'm, I'm calling on behalf of my client. You know, he saw your he or she saw your profile on LinkedIn, and you'd like to make a meeting. Now, the, the difference is, is I'm not a VA, I'm not an SCR, I'm a full-fledged AE. So if they want to get in the weeds with me on the call, I could do it. But most of it is just referencing my client, that they looked at your profile, and by doing an email and a LinkedIn message that day, they definitely know who my client is. There, there's very t- few times where the person doesn't know who I'm calling on behalf of. And that omni-channel approach has really worked.
0: All right. So you told us how huh. you've evolved from LinkedIn to email and then now Omnichannel. This is mostly a prospecting service, even though you mentioned, hey, I have some AE closing capabilities if, you, if they want to go deeper with me on that, let's say, initial call. But this is mostly, I would imagine, people measure you or or the buyers. When they hire you for this service, they're measuring you by what? Number of discovery meetings set, sales qualified leads generated, or help me understand that better, please.
1: Correct. So based on that, before COVID, you know, we were getting anywhere from you know, 10 to 20 sales qualified leads. So for anyone that's old enough to know what BANT is, you know, you have three of the four of BANT. So budget, authority, need, timeline. You get three of the four of those. Usually, you know that the budget based on the revenue is there, but maybe they don't have allocated budget or they have interest, but they're too early on. Maybe it's budgeted for this year, but it's not till three, you know, three quarters in advance or whatever. So if you get three or four of those, then we put that as a sales qualified lead, then we nurture that until they're mm-hmm. ready to buy. That's right, been yeah. getting us most of the activity. And then during COVID, you know, we try to guarantee our clients eight SQLs. Um, and then it's just changed. And I'm happy to share what's what we're doing now. But um, as of the end of last year, we've really gone into engagement strategy of commenting and um, content strategy and things like that. And using AI uh, a lot more than we did for um, before this year.
0: Gotcha. But all of these activities, commenting, liking, resharing, uh, posts, et cetera, to appear in the radar of your prospects... You're not measured by the activities. You would be measured mostly by the outcomes. Did I get that right?
1: Yep, based on the sales qualified leads and then I measure them on closing. So if I give you you know, three leads, I expect you to close one of them.
0: Gotcha. So okay. we're
1: mutual accountability.
0: And you mentioned earlier you started doing this in the US. Can you tell me a little bit more about, hey, uh, for the audience that's listening to this episode, who are your best, uh, let's say the targets that you can best convert with this service? Give me some details around maybe uh the type size of the company, languages that you run for these services, and who are the decision makers that you typically target?
1: Yeah, so typically I target the CEO mm-hmm. or the business owner. Those people are active on LinkedIn. And then you, as the customer, mm-hmm. you're nurturing, you know, for the IT manager, the software manager, or whoever's underneath. But most of our clients just aren't comfortable, you know, going after the business owner or the the, you know, the CEO or the decision maker on the business side. So that's where I usually spend my time, which is separate from where you spend your time. Um And historically, it's been in the U.S. So if you're selling into the U.S. and you're offshore in Eastern Europe or South America or you're know, somewhere in Asia and you, you know, before COVID, it was, hey, I need Tim on the ground to go into New York for a meeting. Post COVID, yeah. I haven't really been on business meetings as I was before, but a lot of times, it's great calling from a U.S. number, having an American accent, not an English accent, or you know those things. Um, and my profile is legit in Philadelphia. I look like I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm able to use my profile to leverage that and get you, you know, get you meetings. And I work my own relationships. Then I also use your profile as well. But a lot of it is behind the scenes, off of the public facing of LinkedIn, of me introducing you into my network and trying to make you know, make relationships happen. And then publicly it's me commenting as you on your ICP. So Mm -hmm. I've had clients that have no profile on LinkedIn, or they're very, like one guy hadn't used LinkedIn for 13 years. And if you start engaging or commenting on your ICP, that's the quickest way to get a meeting with them. It's not how much content you post. It's not how many, you know, messages you send out on connection requests. It's having that conversation on LinkedIn. And that's obviously a much different task than just using automation. So that's what we're using last quarter that really started blowing it up and then we're teaching our clients how to do it so if they have 30 minutes a day they can go in and do that as well on top of what we're doing
0: perfect so you've told me a little bit around the execution we could say we could cover the we covered the sales sequence that you use starting with linkedin using a little bit of email a little bit of phone but mostly linkedin is like the main channel Um, What about the target list that you use? Do you also source those leads from LinkedIn Sales Navigator or does the client provide you those leads? Uh, Tell me a little bit about that, Tim.
1: Um, So I've never seen the client provide me leads, so that would be awesome if you can. Uh, The main source is Sales Navigator and then a tool called Mm wizza.co. And then for my external data sources, I use three. So I use Seamless.ai. I use Zoom Info. And then I have specialty lists. So if you're saying I'm gonna go after doctor's offices to automate them, those people probably are highly unlikely not to be on LinkedIn or an e-commerce is your target. So we'll go buy specialty lists based on those hard to find customers. Even if we're using LinkedIn as a reference point, we're probably gonna spend more time cold calling and email and just referencing that we saw them on LinkedIn.
0: Gotcha. Now, let's say that you get hired for this service, the uh, either the sales qualified leads, the appointments. How do you report the performance to your buyers? Do you have a dashboard that you create? You send an email or how often do you meet with them? Help me understand the, the performance reporting. How does that look like?
1: Yeah. So we typically either add to their CRM, right? So if you're a larger company or you're, you're really using CRMs, we can add the data mm-hmm. in there. And that helps us also keep you accountable that you're you're closing the deals, uh, then most of our clients, we just give them access to a Google Sheet that keeps all the data. And then we you know, generally meet with you once a week or every other week and then send you an email uh, with that data on a weekly basis. So, so you don't have to log into your Google Sheet or your CRM. Uh, we can mm-hmm. just send you an update. So if you're a busy exec or that's not where you spend your time, uh, we can just do that.
0: That's perfect because not everyone um, wants to be – let's say hand-holding the agency and and micromanage every step of the way. So it seems like this is a great service for people that, hey, want to trust that Tim is running everything necessary to book those meetings, put him in my CRM, I just show up, close them, uh, and so on. Good. Um, Now, in regards to success story, can you tell me a little bit about one example? If you want, no no need to say the name, but maybe give me uh, an idea of what were your customers selling and what would the results that you achieved before uh, or that they were getting before hiring you and the results that they achieve now because of hiring you and, and working with JDT Group?
1: Yeah, so I would say in general, um, none of our clients either, there are two buckets. One is they have a sales process that works and then we're just letting gasoline on it with automation and AI. Mm-hmm. So those companies, they might have 10 sales qualified leads uh, you know, a month, but they want to double that through automation. So that's, you know, one type of client. The other is they just haven't seen it work or they've gone to uh, like a, a lead generation company or an outsource model or whatever that wasn't tech focused and they just haven't had success with that. Um, so those are typically the clients that I get. They've either tried it on their own or they've used a, another service or they've tried to you know go and pay for their own LinkedIn automation tool, um, but that's what they've done. And what we you know, work with them on is get your profile straight, Get your messaging straight. Ideally, you know what's your ideal customer profile. Mm-hmm. What is your uh, prospects based on that? So you know, like Sales Nav. Then we use the automation and, and light it up from there, and then engage my network to get you, you know, meetings uh, with people that fit your ICP. And while the automation is ramping, we're also ramping your email. And then from there, we can get anywhere from ten, you know, SQLs uh, a month. Uh, most of our clients just want one solid one a week, um, and then to convert that into a deal a month. And that seems to work for the smaller clients. And then we're using things like, you know, podcasts like this. You know, if you mm-hmm. were my ideal customer profile or I was yours, you're using it as a discovery call or I'm using it as a discovery call. So my clients will say, look, give me one podcast with a really good ICP. I'll do a discovery call and then we'll take the conversation offline and turn them into a customer or gotcha. we do these private roundtables. Um, so put people smarter in the room with you and have a super fan in that room. And you'll get people that, you know, they're smarter than you, but they don't want to do the work, right? Or mm-hmm. they, they're they really good at A, ABM, account-based management or account-based sales. They don't know how to do it in social selling, but they're rock star owners or sales reps. They just don't know how to do it for social selling. And we'll just bolt our social selling on top of what's already working for them.
0: Gotcha. So whether they have a strategy that is working and they want to put some, they want to put it on steroids, right? Using your automation and your strategies to maybe sprinkle some secret sauce on top of it and, and get more results. Or if they have nothing built up a great product, but they don't have the expertise in selling it, you can help them get that strategy up and running. You mentioned 10 SQLs uh, a month ideally. How long would you say it takes you to get there? Because it's not like you hire me and first month you start getting that, or is it like that? Tell me a little bit about those results. How long would it take you to ramp up your strategies and start delivering consistent numbers?
1: So it really depends on your ICP. But if you're in my world as an MSP or MSSP app dev um, or a, you know, a SaaS offering that I have good relationships with, mm-hmm. I can usually get you meetings within the first two weeks. Once you start mm-hmm. running the automation, you'll start getting meetings in week two. And then by week uh, week four, you should be ramped on your automated outreach for email and for LinkedIn. Right. So those should be going. And then if you're doing a content strategy, month three, you should be getting inbound lead flow. So, you know, month two is, is kind of iffy, depending on how quickly we ramp, but month three, you should be at full throttle at that point.
0: Fully ramped up all the iterations and adjustments that, that need to happen. Okay. Perfect. Three months now. This is great content, Tim. I want to ask you one last question, which are what would be the top three tips you would give a buyer that's looking to increase the probability of achieving success or the results they want fast with JDT Group?
1: So if you could have a really good uh, profile, I think that's you know really important. Um, so either have it done before or have us help you build that out. Uh, have a really good content strategy. If you don't have that, um, I can obviously help you with that. And then know your ICP. A lot of our clients think they Mm -hmm. know their ICP, but they don't know their ICP. So what we've started doing this year is asking ChatGPT and then validating that against our customer and our own perception of what it is. And by having three different eyes on that, I feel that we'll have a much better sense of what's really working. So Mm -hmm. profile, right? your content strategy, and then knowing your ICP. That's the three hardest things. If that works in month one, then you're going to be very happy in month two and three.
0: Awesome, Tim. Appreciate your time, everyone tuning in. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.
1: Appreciate everybody.